Y'all, it has, it has been a little tough around here lately. I am holding on loosely. <laughs> Do you ever feel like you are sacrificing your own well-being for the sake of your job? Or maybe for the sake of your family? Whew. Talk about a triggering question. Let's take control of our schedules and let's make time for the things that matter most. Can we do it? I think it's possible. (laughs) So I have been chatting with working moms about scheduling, about planning, about goal setting. And the issue of being overscheduled continuously arises. It came up. I, I did like eight interviews the last couple of weeks, and every single person I talked to said that overscheduling is a problem. This is something that I am I'm much better at after years of practice, but I still slip up. In today's episode, I am going to offer you some tips on how to avoid overscheduling so that we can lighten the load and focus. Do you want to feel less scattered and more focused, but the idea of planning or goal setting sounds like adding more pressure to your already pressure-filled life? If that sounds like you, welcome to the Plan Goal Plan podcast. I'm Danielle McGue. I'm a professor, mom, and business owner. I started this podcast to help hardworking women and high-achieving mamas plan and set goals playfully and lightly. Unlike pressure-filled approaches, Plan Goal Plan centers on what delights you to help you envision all the possibilities your future holds. If you're ready to try easier, if you're ready to make memories and do meaningful work, grab a pen. I'm going to guide you through practices that will help you plan for clarity, set goals for direction, and act with purpose and delight. Let's get started. Mamas, (laughs) we are doing all of the things, all of the things. You are packing lunches for your kids, lunches that they will actually eat. You are leading projects at work, hitting deadlines. You are attending kids' events, and you are cheering the loudest. Woo! (laughs) You are showing up for all of the people. And y'all, that's beautiful. What an amazing calling to show up for others. But you are starting to crumble. And the people that you love, the people that you are cheering on, they want you to rest. They want you to be okay so that you can keep showing up. We need to find sustainable practices that allow us to show up the way that we want to show up and keep showing up. If you all need a little support, I want you to go to plangoplan.etsy.com. And you can download a goal-setting workbook. There's a couple's goal-setting workbook if you want to do this with your partner or if you're going to fly solo. (laughs) There is just a 2023 goal-setting workbook, and it will guide you through a series of reflections to help you name what matters most. And then after that, go to my show notes. And in my show notes, I have a free downloadable planner pack. And you can download some planning templates that are going to help you take the goals that you set and put them into action and hopefully not overschedule. Y'all, I think about overscheduling a little bit like decluttering. 
You can go through your house and you can declutter like a boss. <laughs> you can throw it all away, right? You can simplify, simplify, simplify. But if you don't change your relationship to buying, all of that space that you just cleared out is going to fill up again. Have any of you done that? Have any of you decluttered your home only to refill up those spaces with new stuff? You have to change your relationship to buying if you really want the work, the effort of decluttering to be one that lasts. Overscheduling is really similar. You can develop methods to clear out your schedule to make sure that you are not overscheduling. But if you don't have a regular practice in place of reviewing how you're going to spend your time, planning how you're going to spend your time, if you don't regularly know what matters most, you can't prioritize what matters most on your on your schedule. I recently got myself in a little bit of a pickle. I got an email asking me if I would be on a committee to review student leadership awards. How fun. I was like, yes, that'd be awesome. I am so in. I want to talk to all the student leaders. This sounds like a blast. But, you know, in my head, I was actually like, okay, cool. So I'm going to get all these applications. I might look through it. Maybe we're going to interview a couple people. And then I'll, you know, I'll get to see all of these really amazing things that students around our campus are doing. And then I got all of these calendar invites. We interviewed over 30 students in one week. I want to say it was like 10 to 12 hours of interviews plus several hours of deliberation. And y'all, I don't even know. That was after we had you know, narrowed down the pool. The students were so impressive. I was so struck by them. I would do it again. But y'all, I want you to just take a moment and imagine that you need to find another 12 hours in your work week that you weren't expecting because that's kind of it's kind of what happened to me uh but these students i mean it was worth it because these students were so impressive here they are in their early 20s though and they are already exhausted so many of them mentioned being over involved but only one student out of all of our interviews said that if they could do something different that they would do less that they would say no more so that they could focus on a key couple of things. I was like, that student, that student, what, what award can we give them? <laughs> because they are wise beyond their years. Learning to say no is part of overscheduling. And I'm not going to cover that much on how to say no in this episode. Because I have a lot of feelings and a lot of thoughts about it. Mostly, while I appreciate all of the encouragement happening in sort of the productivity world right now around particularly women learning to say no. I also feel like there's a lack of a discussion about power and the relationship between who gets to say no and who doesn't. And when you say no, when you delegate, who does that work fall on? So um a bigger episode <laughs> coming your way someday down the road about saying no, how to say no, but how to say no ethically, how to say no with a focus on community well-being and not just individual well-being. 
So get excited. That's coming down the road. But for today, I'm going to offer you some tips on how to avoid overscheduling and just a few activities that you can put into practice. So the very first one is to conduct a time audit or a reverse time audit. If you've ever wanted to tighten up your eating, like you want to eat more healthy, you want to watch what you eat for a little while, one of the first things that they do is they ask you to record. The act of just writing down everything that you eat alone is going to shift what you eat. So the first thing that you can do is a time audit, and this involves you just sitting down and recording the tasks that you are doing, how long they take you. And then usually you do this for about a week or two. You look at your time on it and you go, okay, so how much time am I actually spending on cleaning a week? How much time am I actually spending with my kids? What does that time look like? How much time am I actually spending at work? How much time am I spending commuting back and forth, picking up my kids, dropping them off at things? So a time audit is a way to just record your time and then to spend some time reflecting about how you're spending that time. You might find, for example, that you are spending a lot of time scrolling on social media. And while a little bit of that might be relaxing, it's not energizing you, it's not filling you. A few years ago, I realized how much time I was actually watching TV. And I don't even really like watching TV that much. And it was never making me feel like I had more energy. But I also felt like I needed to relax. I felt like I'd had, you know, really long days and I did need to come home and actually just kind of lay on the couch. I love my couch. Do any of you all have like a really amazing couch? My couch is fantastic. So, I needed to lay on my couch, but what I found out is that I wanted to read more books and reading was wildly relaxing for me. And I often felt recharged after reading in a way that I didn't when I watched TV. So conduct a time audit or a reverse time audit. A reverse time audit is a little bit different. It's where you take the goals that you set for your quarter and you predict how much time each of those goals is going to take. So let's say I set a goal around health to exercise for 30 minutes a day, five days a week. It's not that hard for me to calculate over the course of 90 days, how much time will that be? Write that down. Then, Let's say I have another goal to write and direct a play. But let's say I look at that and I go, ooh, I need to first, you know, finish writing this. And then I'm going to go into rehearsals. I know that I need to have four rehearsals a week. Each rehearsal needs to be three hours. How much time am I looking at? Try your best to predict how much time it's going to take. After that, maybe I have a third goal to completely declutter and reorganize my basement. So I predict how much time that's going to take. Then what you do is you look at how much time all these different tasks are gonna take 
and you go, do I actually have time to do this? You might calculate in all of the times that you have to work, just some of the other things that are on your schedule that you know are going to be there. The very first time that I did something like this was through a program called HB90. It's Heart Breathing's 90, and it's a 90-day program. She's actually an author, and she helps people writing novels plan and schedule their time so that they can complete their novels. And the first time that I sat down and did this like reverse time audit, I had three goals, much like the ones that I just described to you. And I added up the hours and then I added up how much time I was going to have to be at work and do other things and spend time with my family and make dinner and stuff like that. And I realized your basement's not getting decluttered and reorganized at this time in your life, Danielle. (laughs) Because I realized I had more hours of projects, goals, and just living than could possibly be done because there are not that many hours in the week. So a time audit or a reverse time audit, what it's going to do is it's going to make you really compare the time that you actually have with your aspirations. And it doesn't mean that I'm asking you to never do the thing that you aspire towards, but you may not be doing it these 90 days. You may not be doing it yet. You may not be doing it right now. And there's kind of a relief in going, I know I'm going to sit down and I'm going to reflect at the end of this quarter and I'm going to set new goals. And so I know that that goal to declutter and reorganize the basement is going to be there on a list (laughs) and I can revisit it. I might be in a better place in that moment to do it and then I can actually focus on it. So those things can really help you avoid overscheduling because you're going to have a clear sense of what time you actually have available to you. The second thing that you can do is have a planning practice and one that isn't just about plugging times on a calendar, but a practice that engages you in reflection. You need to consider what works, what doesn't. Am I spending my time on the things that fill me? Which brings me to tip number three, heck yes or no. I'm avoiding cursing just in case any of you are doing the dishes or making dinner and playing this podcast with kids running around in the background. This initially came, I think, I first read about this from Mark Manson, who's the author of The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F. And it was actually F, yes or no. And it was dating advice, which is pretty slick dating advice. He was like, look at, if you go on a date with someone, it's either a heck yes or it's a no. So if you aren't really excited about this person, do you both a favor and move along? This question has been used beyond dating. And it's a really great question to help you prioritize. But when I first heard this, I loved it. I loved it and I still love it. But I tried to put it into practice and I learned something about myself. I learned that everything feels like a heck yes to me. I am very easily excited. I'm excited about other people's projects. I'm excited about working with others. So somebody invites me to do something, I'm like, oh yes, heck yes. (laughs) And I had to really learn to temper my heck yeses, to really discern which ones were really heck yes. And one of the ways that I did this was through my planning practice. Because I had to sit with a calendar, 
I had to think about how I was spending my time and I had to go, Danielle, what matters most, not just what matters, what matters most to you, which leads me to tip four, which is combine planning with goal setting. Goal setting, at least as I approach it here on Plan, Goal, Plan, encourages you to consider all the domains of your life. How's your health, your physical health, your emotional health? What are you doing to fill your spirit? Do you have spiritual or faith goals? What about your financial goals, your hobbies, fun, friends, family, work, physical spaces? If you are a person that has a tendency to lean hard into one or two two domains and then neglect others, this is a really great way to make sure that you're giving attention to those areas that get neglected. When we talk about work-life balance, it's so wild to me. Work is just one of all those different domains that I just listed. You have work and then you have life. And life is composed of like, your health, your spiritual well-being, your financial well-being, your hobbies, your goals, your friends, your family, caring for your physical spaces, like all of that is just life. (laughs) So if you have a tendency to put a whole lot like I do into your work, this is a way to say, hey, all of these things are part of your life and you need to observe yourself as a whole human, holistically. So what does this have to do with overscheduling? By recognizing all of the different ways that you're human, by recognizing that you need to create space for all of these different aspects of your life, you might start scheduling less stuff in the domains that pull energy from you and start scheduling or planning or just allowing yourself space to do the things that fill you. You can set goals around things that increase your ability to rest. You might have a goal that says, I want to sleep better. What are all the different things that I can do? I think the concept of sleep hygiene I've heard recently. How do you increase your sleep hygiene so that you can get better rest? You can set goals that foster more fun with your family. You can set goals that are delightful. Planning helps you make time for the things that you decided matter. Finally, make sure that you know your limits. The time audit or the reverse time audit, those are going to help you. But you also want to think about what sort of energy do you have available? Like what is your capacity for meetings, for example? I learned during the pandemic that I could handle about four Zoom meetings a day, and then I was I was out. And I actually have held that, that even in person, after about four meetings a day, I need some time to think, to process. I am peopled out, y'all. What is your capacity for kids' activities? For being anywhere. I'm a bit of a homebody. I love being at home. My home is a happy place. If I don't have enough time at home, I don't feel fully rested. So even if we're doing fun things, like going to the park or the pool, I need a little bit of time at home. I need a certain amount of alone time 
in my day and I need to read for at least 10 minutes every day, probably before bed. If I don't have that 10 minutes of reading, I don't feel like I got my wind down time. Learn to recognize the signs that you have overscheduled. For me, I get grumpy. I get salty. I get a bit cranky. I have trouble focusing. Y'all, when you learn to schedule lightly, (laughs) when you learn to schedule so that you have space, you will be able to focus better. I have a hard time relaxing when I'm overscheduled. Like I can't relax even when I have downtime. So know what your signs are. Like I said, my last couple of months have been challenging. I have been sick and my capacity is limited. And I keep wanting to schedule, assuming that I have a capacity that I don't have right now. Getting real with myself about what my capacity is when I'm sick is really tough. I want to acknowledge the grief that can come in not allowing certain things onto your schedule. I have a beautiful interview with my friends, Angela Wiseskuk and Chris Johnson on the podcast. Um, I think it's called Now and Not Yet. You should check it out. And in it, we talk about the paradox of letting go and holding on. And that when we let go to create space for something new, we might be really excited, but there is an element of grief a little bit of sadness that things have changed and that in nature, in order for new things to grow, other things have died. So I want you to acknowledge the pain, the grief, the sadness that accompanies letting go of certain things so that your schedule can match your capacity. Recently, I had to tell a student no, and I had to hold that no. And y'all, it hurt. It broke my heart a little. And I know it was the right decision, but it was not an easy one. I am not perfect at avoiding overscheduling, but I am learning. I'm learning to move more gently through periods of overwhelm. These tips are not going to get you to easy, but they might, with practice, help you try easier. I hope lighten your load, create space for you to focus. So to recap, audit your time, keep planning, prioritize, consider your life holistically, and know your limits. I wish for you attention, the ability to notice how you are spending your time. I wish for you discernment, the ability to mark what matters. I wish for you confidence to let go, and to live lighter. If this podcast has inspired you, guided you, or just made you laugh, the number one way that you can thank me is by leaving a written review for the show over on Apple Podcast. I'm seriously tickled every time that I hear from you all, so pop onto Instagram and follow Plan Go Plan and digital message me. I want to say hello. I want to geek out about all things planning and goal setting. Keep sensing the possibilities, y'all.